I highly recommend the book The Third Wave by the co-founder of AOL and now billionaire Steve Case. One of my favorite parts from this book is when he said, it took AOL having the potential to be the first trillion dollar company to losing over $200 billion in value to learn how important the people factor is. He goes on to share a moment when speaking on a panel with the CEO of Siemens, which employs 50,000 engineers, and this CEO said, the key to surviving is having an ownership culture. You have to get into people's hearts and you have to get to where people's prides are. So now this is important because this is exactly what the foundation of the LeaderBits leadership program is built upon. If you want your technology leaders to go from good to great, visit leaderbits.io. Today we are talking to Hans, the CTO of Logigear, and we discuss the benefits of testing and getting people excited for it, becoming a change agent to drive innovation, and listening to the market to provide value to the customer. All of this right here, right now on the Modern CTO Podcast. Here we go. This is the Modern CTO Podcast. So I was very excited to be speaking to you today because you're like the godfather of testing. Yeah, maybe maybe pioneer of uh, automated testing. I think that is uh, that's probably the most uh, accurate. The way I always explain it when I do something like a tutorial is uh, I'm a lazy person. That's why I'm in automation. <laughs> I like it. How how did you so how did you originally get into technology? Like how did you fall in love with technology, and then how did that translate into you ultimately end up in testing? Yeah, yeah, that's a bumpy ride, or a more roller coaster is by the better word. Uh, I'm interested in computers already since high school years. There was already uh, a television course in the twelfth uh, uh, lessons or something about how to manage the computer. And uh, I followed that as a like 15-year-old. And then when I went into university, I initially started uh, mathematics, which I did up till bachelor. But then there was an opportunity to do uh, what they call informatics, yeah, computer science, which I took. And that gradually became my major subject. And mathematics kind of uh, vaporized. And yeah... Then I went into, uh, after finishing study, uh, I went to work for a big European company in uh, computer services, but I ended up in the management consultancy department. So instead of being technical, I was a multi uh, management consultant for about 10 years, which was my minor during my student years. So I took a lot of classes that had to do with leadership and management and uh, uh, that kind of stuff, and even accountancy and law, all kinds of uh, things that were not necessarily part of a mathematics or computer science package, but turned out to be very handy later on. So the first 10 years of my career, I've been doing very generic management consultancy without any programming or anything involved. And then I ended up in an assignment for the Amsterdam Stock Exchange. Uh, they were working on a new uh, screen trading system. Uh, they had always floor trade. Uh, the Amsterdam Stock Exchange, by the way, is the oldest stock exchange in the world. Really? Yeah, that really dates back from the 17th century. 
and they basically had never changed their ways. And now suddenly they make a big move to, to screen trade. So that's a big revolution. And about three months before the, the, the system would be put in production, they really found out that they didn't have any de decent testing. They had tried to do some automation that had failed. And uh, I was hired a bit of a, a troubleshooter to do something about it. It was not necessarily a technical assignment, it was more like get, get departments to work together and uh, work with the external auditors from KPMG and the internal auditors, try to make it work. And that's when I kind of discovered automation, test automation, uh, came up with a keyword-based approach called uh, what we now call action-based testing. And yeah, whether I liked it or not, I've been doing that ever since. So but it was not a deliberate career choice, but, and it also brought me back a bit in technology, uh, which basically after 10 years, I, uh, I had not done much about. And then at what point did you, did you co-found um, Logigear? Did you co-found that? No, they, they were around already. It was co-founded by Michael Hackett and uh, Hang Wen. Hang Wen particularly being a very major, a very major authority in our market. Uh, he wrote, uh, co-wrote the book Testing Computer Software with Ken Kainer, which is the best-selling book in, uh, in software testing, or at least at the time it was, and I think it still is. And so based on that success of that book and thinking about and philosophy, he, he and Michael Hackett, founded the company um, and I don't remember exactly what year, but a couple of years later I joined and by joining, I brought it more into automated testing. Uh, up to then it was all about manual testing. And since I joined and uh, we diversified, we still do a lot of manual testing too, but we diversified it into automation. And how large is that company? Like how many engineers do you have? Well, in the U U.S., it's about, I think we're somewhere in the 30s. I don't know the exact number. And, uh, but we have a much bigger operation in Vietnam, where we have about, I think it's about 600 or 700 people. It fluctuates a bit, uh, mostly in Ho Chi Minh City, but also fairly large part in uh, Da Nang, which is in the middle of uh, Vietnam. And the primary driver of that business is you have clients that you test for? Yeah, it is. It's a bit all over the place. Testing is very diversified. That's also the reason I stayed in testing. It's a very, very fascinating, very interesting industry to be in. It is much more interesting than you would think. And it is usually seen as like a, like a chore. You have to do it. Maybe you can fit it into a sprint or something, kind of get rid of it. But it actually, if you try to do it more seriously, testing and particularly automated testing is a very interesting challenge. Yeah. Because you will need to develop software that talks to other software. And that's always uh, challenging. Yeah, I don't consider it an, I don't consider it an option. It's, it's part of shippable code. You, yeah. you write yeah, tests. Absolutely. Yeah. Sometimes I wish it was an option because then people would be more motivated. Now it's really seen as a chore, you, know, you have to do it. I don't see it as a chore. I see it as something that gives me, uh, it, 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 look, I'm a, I'm a big fan of testing because I didn't test for so long. 
I'd say <laughs> I've been writing code for 15 years. Well, probably, now it's been like, I got to stop saying that. But I've been writing code for 17 years now. And I'd say for the first seven or eight years, no test, nothing. Then I found mm -hmm. out about testing. And I went through this awkward stage where like I kind of tried it, but I kind of didn't. And in that time, I figured out like how much time when you know how to do it right and you set your tools up and you have a clean workspace and everything's good. When you, when you're testing correctly, it speeds you up. Like, yeah. You don't have to guess. You don't, you, you put code in place and then you put other code in place to make sure that's running. And then if it's ever not running, as you intended, you get notified of that. That's like a huge feature. Like yeah. <laughs> it's a massive benefit to get there. You went through a learning curve. Yeah. It was not like, okay, what, uh, uh, daddy, what am I going to do in the future? I'm going to be a tester. It, it doesn't work that way. You, you are a coder and you like uh, computers and you like programming and you like it to work. And oh no, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. Then you discover, hey, there's such a thing as testing. And if I do that systematically, if I really approach it as a, with a method, with an approach, and I think about it, uh, the, the little gray cells uh, are some dedicated to it, then it starts uh, working and it starts to improve the whole process. And that is very strongly now with CI/CD. Yeah. You really see that it's all about testing. If you uh, want to make it successful, okay, there is configuration management. There is, uh, and you need to set up the pipeline. But as far as I see it, that's fairly straightforward. Yeah, you select your tools and there are like tools on top of tools and there is a lot of stuff is already available. And if you go into it, it will be okay. Testing is a whole different story. You have to test all kinds of different uh, configurations. Uh, the, you encounter unexpected things. You, uh, it is, it's a much more uh, interesting, I don't want to call it challenging, but uh, interesting field. Now we have the CICD. Well, I love, for me, and I'm not in super deep with it as of today, but for me, the CICD, was awesome because now I can, it just kind of took a bunch of steps and just made it, made it really simple. But I found, I found different tests at different times. And then like, I guess learning like an instrument, you become better at it the more you do it. Right. And, yeah. and then there's different, and then like you over test and then you realize like, what's the appropriate amount of testing and how to test better. And then you get into the weird situations where you're like working with different, like, libraries and you have to overcome like in my head right now i was just thinking about um when i figured out how to overcome some of the like ajax issues that i was having initially testing and this was probably mm -hmm. seven seven years ago or something but we you have like headless browsers and then you have to actually boot up a browser with a head to test some of the certain thing and then there's all the different people and all the different stubs mock spot you get all the different ways to structure it and all the different terminology and then you finally figure it out i guess after just a lot of persistence <laughs> Figure out the right yeah. cadence for you and the project. Yeah, and you will find that if you're comfortable with the testing, and particularly the automated testing, you're also going to be comfortable with the rest of the project. It gives you certainty. Yeah. Yeah. Repeatability and uh, it, uh, the way I position it often is like it improves your quality to market. It improves your time to market because you can quickly make changes to your system because you can test it and you can test everything all the time. 
all the time. That makes gives you enormous power, and then it also gives you control. It makes your process more manageable. Uh, it uh, it's more predictable. You the the quality is more predictable. You have less disruptions, and you see it. Uh, it it's growing and growing and growing. The testing in it in uh, in the in the amount of time that I spent in uh, testing now, uh, which is quite a while already. It is, uh, it, it's getting more and more important. And more and more people are actually interested in it. It is quite possibly the best, like you should have seen me the day that I figured out that I was like a caveman who just created fire for the first time. I was so excited the day I figured out when we have a bug, we can then write a test against like the exact situation of the bug and then now that's like never going to happen again <laughs> like that exact yep. same scenario will never and then it stacks and then it stacks and then as your application gets older every bug you experience you have a subsequent test and then now you just you don't have the issues anymore yeah. it's, it's amazing <laughs> mm -hmm. so you go around the world convincing people of this or do you just find the people who are convinced and help them do it better I think both. There are companies that are very new to testing. Um, what you see is there is also a lot of people around that are non-technical and involved in testing, like domain experts and uh, functional testers and people who really have done testing as a job. And that is like, an, like they, they are a little bit under pressure right now because... Uh, uh, the, the, the testing, because of, the, of all the automation, it becomes more an engineer's playing field. And uh, that's not always right, because uh, what I learned in the, in the stock exchange when I was working there is the power of the domain expert. People who really understand business, who really understand business situations, they can put a lot more pressure on a system and the test than if you are an engineer and you're new to the domain. And then you have to really, uh, you can catch uh, technical bugs fairly quickly, but bugs that have to do with unexpected situation, uh, it's a bit harder. I, I always call that uh, jungle testing. In my view, there are like two kinds of testing. Uh, test, regular testing against coding bugs, and you know what the system is supposed to do, but you need to make sure it really does that. And jungle bugs, which is like unexpected situations. So you uh, like uh, you're going through a jungle, and uh, st stuff can jump on you, wants to eat you, and, <laughs> and many of the bugs that make it into production are those kind of jungle bugs. And the best example of that is our own product, and that's called Test Architect, which kind of supports that keyword-based action model. Um, we often, because it's an automation tool, we often run into issues. And when the tool meets kind of an unknown environment, uh, you run into all kinds of problems. And so a large part of our testing is to kind of predict what those unexpected situations might be and try to write tests for them before it gets to a customer or to a project. And to, to answer an earlier question that you asked, uh, what we do, we have our own testing services where we help uh, where we make tests and automation for customers. Uh, there are quite a few where we, uh, where the customer makes the test and we do the automation. And there are also quite a few where we do the whole cycle. 
you do the test development and the automation. And, but we also do quite a bit of training and consultancy, go to customers, uh, talk with them about testing and uh, try to suggest improvements. I'm, I'm learning right now. I'm taking notes. <laughs> okay, that's cool. This is exciting for me. I'm, I just happen to be passionate about testing. Now, in, uh, in my mind, you were opening my mind to start thinking about the testing that I don't see. So, for example, when you were speaking, for some reason, I was thinking about, oh, I bet you there's testing like everywhere, right? And because my, yeah. my scope of testing has primarily been just applications that we're building for business logic, right? But when you were talking, I was thinking about, oh, when you're scaling infrastructure, when you're doing all of this, these other compute related things, there's testing everywhere, right? Yeah. That's just something I don't touch much. Um, I was curious, one of my questions I had was, have you seen things, and I believe it's like it's capybara is something in my, in my world, but essentially where they'll take like a sentence of what it should do and associate that with uh with a test you mean uh, like behavior driven development that kind of techniques i'm not explaining it super well because it just popped in my mind and out of my mind <laughs> but maybe i'll send you an example after the after the call but the the concept is um they were tying sentences of what the user experience should be and then uh, having those sentences then run they would associate keywords in those sentences with test and it would build this. Yeah, it is kind of, uh, I have heard about it. It's kind of a next generation of what is also called BDD. BDD yes, is there it is. Development, but where BDD has at some point fixes the phrases that you use. I think Capybara really tries to do more an AI approach in which it really tries to analyze the, the sentences. I meant, I meant cucumber. That's what I meant. I got capybara okay. and cucumber yeah. fixed. So like, I'm, I just Google it. Cucumber. Okay, okay. Then we're in the same, in the same space. Uh, well, we have an, uh, we, our approach is based on keywords. So imagine a spreadsheet and every row in the spreadsheet starts with what we call action word. And then it has zero or more arguments. And we found that uh, lots of people that are not technical have no problems with spreadsheets. Lots of domain experts really relate to that and start producing tests. And a large part of, the, of our method is not so much how can you make it prettier, that keywords are pretty enough. It's not so much how can you make it prettier, it's more like how can you make the right kind of tests. And in, in that, we make a very strong distinction in, in like higher level tests and lower level tests. And I'm saying it a bit uh, clunky, but that, uh, that's what we do. And you, you organize your test in something we call test modules, which are basically the spreadsheets, where each spreadsheet has a number of uh, test cases, and, and all of them are written in that action-based format. And uh, you make a very strong distinction between the more business-oriented test, like, uh, can I enter an order and can I make a payment? Can I uh, uh, accept a credit card? That kind of stuff. Uh, which by telling you, you understand what I'm talking about. So if I make an action uh, enter order, you understand what that action does. But I have not shown you the system under test. 
could be an e-commerce, could be a car rental uh, agency, could be anything. You you haven't seen, you don't know if it's in uh, Java or C Sharp. You don't know whether you actually use a test tool, uh, whether you're actually going to automate or not, could be manual. But still you understand the test and still the test is fully automated because what you automate are those actions. And so an, auto, an, uh, an engineer does not have to worry about the business logic of the test case, can just focus on that automation part and do and if he does a good job that action becomes reusable all around uh, the test set and then we call those the business test so you don't see anything about push a button or anything like that and then we have another category which you call the interaction test where you really focus on the ui for example or the api or whatever you're interested in but you really test the hell out of it so if uh, if you have a dialogue you make sure that the cur uh, if you do the tap key, that the, the, the cursor or the carrot goes to the next uh, field and that kind of test. So by organizing it that way, testers can basically uh, lead. And it's, it's all up to the testers. You, you pre-structure it in these test modules. So this test module is going to test the financial part of our system, high-level test. So you don't do anything else there. That's what you do. That's the checks you will make. That are the actions that you will make. And by, do, by prescribing that, it's like uh, you have the table of contents of a book. You haven't written the book yet, but you know the chapters. So now in a sprint, you're actually going to develop the test. It is not a problem for non-technical people to do that in a structured way because you already gave them the structure. It's like a closet with shelves. The, the labels are already on the shelf. But the shelves are still empty. You're going to fill it up. So by doing it in a systematic way, you you basically get a very successful test and a very successful automation, which is kind of counterintuitive. When you think about automation, you think it's technical. It's a challenge for an engineer. But that's not the case. It's a challenge for the test design. The better structured the tests are, the easier it is to automate, easier to maintain. Now back to the BDD. BDD does something similar with these phrases, but it is not really pre-designed usually in most projects, and they become messy. I actually had an in, had a discussion with Dan North. Dan North is the creator of uh, BDD in one of those uh, conferences, talking about this topic. And that uh, I love BDD, so I told him. But he also acknowledged that problem that it is difficult to get it organized. Different people are coming up with different phrases, for example. And then you immediately need to jump to Cucumber and start programming uh, to get it to work. Now, so what I did I, uh, is I made a converter. The converter goes from BDD sentences into actions, and it can also go back from actions back into BDD sentences. So that solves the problem completely. You have that still have that verbose, friendly uh, format. But at the same time, you also have the actions, which are much easier to manage and to organize. Uh, even uh, Dan North, who saw the product, uh, even tw twittered about it. It is, uh, and, and the, the idea is not so much the technical trick. It is more that you you basically following the same approach, but you do it in a more systematic way. Because the more system uh, you bring into your test, the better the automation will be. I love it. So you have, you have a system with the tools 
not just not just use the tool. Yeah. Thank you for picking up on what I was trying to remember because I, I did pull it up on my computer here and it's like the Gherkin language and the yeah. DDD and the cucumber, all those things came to mind. I, I don't know why my mind went to Capybara, but that's what came out. And at least we got that extremely valuable advice from you. I believe that there are some engineers, CTOs, engineering managers that are listening to this and they're thinking, you know, I would love, like we, we haven't been as good as we could be on tests. We've pretty much done nothing. Uh, maybe the bare minimum. Like how, how do you change that culture or what have you seen in your experience? Cause you've worked with teams that didn't test. You've worked with teams that have tested that love it and hate it. Um, what advice do you have in, in a team trying to change or improve? Yeah. Yeah, I can give hard answers or I can give soft answers. Give them hard, hard answers. Hard answers? They were direct. Yeah, that is. <laughs> I would probably prefer soft answers. Okay. Because it is more about what the cycle that you went through yourself. Like you start to, to learn about the benefits of testing. Testing is often seen as a chore, something you want to get rid of. That is even not so much for, for developers, maybe also for some developers, but it is also very much for managers. Managers, especially if they're not test managers, and specialized test managers usually are okay. But if it is an engineering manager who engineers, who, who manages Agile, who manages the sprints and all that, uh, that person does not have a testing background and will typically see testing as something, yeah, you need to do it, but the energy is in the development and in the programming. And that is something that you should change first. There should be more energy behind the testing and it should be more like, okay, if we can get that under control, we can get everything else under control. Where is the book that sells testing? Like. I, there's lots of books that say this is how to test. This is about test. But where's the book that's like written by like half salesperson, half tester that's going to sell you on like all the benefits of testing? Does that book exist? That's an excellent question. We 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 have written some books ourselves, but they also kind of we we have written a book, uh, Happy in Testing, I think it's called. You will find it on our website. That is a, a small book, which already is a big advantage. That is a small book that is quickly to read. It's actually, there is a recommendation from uh, Steve Wozniak. You know Steve Wozniak? From yeah. Apple. yeah, how can yeah. you not know Steve? Yeah. The Woz, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I recently saw him speak. He's, uh, he's very funny and very, very intelligent, very in interesting person. But... Um, Happy about testing, I think it's called. We, uh, if you can, you give me a second. I can. Yeah, for up. sure. I'll uh, run back to my uh, desk. Take your time. Yeah. In. Okay. Yeah, let's give a plug on this book. I'm excited about it, Jake. I don't think I've ever met anybody with as much love for testing as me. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay, you still? Yeah, I'm here. Yeah. So it's this book. There it is. Happy about global software test automation. Nice. Yeah. See, and here is that quote from Steve Wozniak. Nice. I'll, I'll take a, I'll put a picture of like, this is on Amazon, right? 
I'm sure it is. Otherwise, uh, just send me an email. Oh yeah, here you see that Hang Wen. Can you see his name? Yeah. See, that is the guy who basically uh, founded the company together with Michael Hackett. Very cool. And did you just meet them through your experience, conferences, speaking, things like that? Yeah, what the book does, it also has a lot of executive uh, uh, input. So it is, it's really, it sells testing. It really makes you happy. Now, so we're working on a book over here. And it's about what I've learned speaking with some of the greatest technology leaders on the planet. So I did, you know, 230 interviews last year from CTOs, NASA, Microsoft, Verizon, like just the whole from startup entry level engineer in their, in their job and their um, garage trying to do something cool all the way up to well, Microsoft. And what I've done is I've taken, you know, all the like different leadership lessons that we've learned from them, different advice that they have. And we're putting it all into this, this book this year. That's what we're working on. And you mentioned that you had a background and you started out in leadership and management and things like that. So you've obviously you have that in your core experience and you've gone all the way to CTO of this company, 600 plus people. What sort of, like if you could contribute, you know, wrap your career in like one piece of advice that's rang true over and over, what would that be? I think for me, for my career, yeah. it is that combination between technology and management. So I think that is what you try to do. Even if you're a student nowadays and you figure out what am I going to study. I think for the technology, I would prefer to go deep. So it means really understand it. I, I have uh, programmed in uh, C++ a lot, not a little bit, a lot. I've programmed in assembly. Uh, I really technically, I have the depth. I, I, I understand. I've written compilers, operating systems. I, I know that stuff. Combined with uh, management, but then management also taking it seriously. So really not just like, uh, like, like, uh, like a little bit uh, process oriented, but really understand management, understand people, and understand processes. And, and what, I, what I like a lot is change the, the, the management consultancy aspect of it. And the, the, the change agent, getting companies to go in a different direction. And that, uh, that's what I, what I like for myself. That does not mean it's good for everybody. But you should always understand that when you embark on a technical career, that you get outdated fairly quickly. And later in your career, you're going to find that there are new kids coming from school. They're all about AI, for example. And then you yourself might not be in AI that much. You, you, can, you need to catch up. But those kids were a lot cheaper than you. They know it a lot better. And so what's the point of you being there? And so you need to be planning ahead for that. I did. I realized that... Just programming uh, wouldn't cut it. I was also programming languages like Pascal and Algol. And so you can imagine that's pretty old. Yeah. And so you need to understand that you also need to be able to operate in a company or in an environment and that you need to be able to contribute. And that's not necessarily your technical skills. 
Does that make sense? That makes 100% sense, right? Because I, when I first started, I was very much about the accuracy of the very specific thing I was doing in the language I was in and knowing everything about that. And then you, you start to see the market shift and you realize, oh, if I know everything about PHP, like that's not the only thing you need to know. Or if you know everything about Ruby or whatever, you, there's so much more to know. And then the industry just grows so rapidly. And yeah. it's what, it, what I have found that it comes back to is you know, relationships you know, in data and in humans, right? <laughs> like you, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. the relationships matter and you can't, I don't know, I guess one of my qu favorite quotes is like, what will get you here won't get you there, right? Like you have to always be learning and paying attention and observing and watching. And then I love one of my favorite things that I that's popped into my head right now that I was thinking about over the past, you know, 20, 30 years in technology is that the, um, the rudeness became unpopular. And that was one of my favorite parts about our maturity as an industry, like the know-it-all shoot you down, arrogant person used to be popular and they became unpopular and in replace of like a yeah. genuine helpful person. And that was very exciting for me. Yeah, I think so. But I have seen, I'm in my style of uh, consultancy and management. I'm, I think I'm friendly. You can ask anybody around me. I'm not like uh, rude or anything, but I have seen some rude people shake things up. Uh, that was with testing. There are some, uh, some very direct people. Uh, let's not call it rude, let's call it direct. There are some di very direct people in our industry who have really got things moving. And that also happened with, uh, for example, Agile. If you look at the original Agile, that was also like rebellious and like fighting and know you're wrong and know you're wrong. And, and, but of course, part of Agile is friendliness and politeness. And so that, that kind of uh, takes over. But it, uh, I've seen uh, people uh, being very aggressive about, specifically about Agile. What is your day-to-day -day like at Logigear? Well, the, the answer you're probably going to get from a lot of people is it depends. <laughs> but, uh, it depends on what's, what's going on. Like today, I'm doing an interview with you. And that doesn't happen every day. It, I think my activities partly technical still, especially when it's about uh, test automation. Uh, a lot with people. That's probably where I spent a lot of my time. Uh, and also quite a bit on, call it marketing and sales, uh, raising visibility, talk to the market. But I found that, by the way, if you look at marketing and sales, it's more important to listen than it is to talk. So that uh, I do a lot of listening and try to understand and get better solutions. So it's a bit of a mix of that all, and it, it can vary over time. Hans, thank you so much for coming and spending time with me today on the podcast. The value you brought, the audience, tremendous. We're going to change some lives. You're like, we're, we won't call you the godfather of testing. We know you're the pioneer, but maybe I'll call you like the Tony Robbins of testing because you inspire people to change their ways. <laughs> mm -hmm. Thank you. Thank you. It was uh, fun to do this. And thanks for uh, talking to me. If you ever need anything from me, 
introductions to anybody that you see on the podcast, if you ever just think, hey, maybe Joel knows this guy or you need anything at all from me, just send me an email and I'll do whatever I can to help. Okay, that's cool. So likewise, if you uh, need anything in the testing world or the automation world, or you have a question or you want to talk a little bit more, just uh, let me know. 100%, absolutely. When I come up with, inevitably, someone's going to ask me, they're going to say, that was amazing. How do we do that? I'm going to say, just go talk to Hans. Like, yeah. <laughs> right? That, that's really cool. Yeah, yeah. for sure. 100%. I, I've never met anybody so passionate about testing as me. Jake, my producer before the show, he's like, you're going to be so excited who we have. We have this, the best tester in the world. And I, I was like, yes, that's very, very exciting. So thank you so much. And uh, we'll be in touch in the future. Yeah, okay. And uh, Jake, your, my bride to you is coming. <laughs> Thank you very much. All right. Thank you so much, Hans. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye.